Just, you can just play up here. Come on, somebody over here. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 18 in the Amplified Version. And then I'm going to read Matthew 27 and 46 in the New Living, and that's it. Genesis chapter number 2 and verse number 18 says, Now the Lord God said it is not good, sufficient, satisfactory, that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper, suitable, adopted, complimentary for him. This is not a marriage message. Don't worry. Matthew 27 and verse 46. Matthew 27 and verse 46. The Bible says about, this is the New Living Translation, at about 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, and I'm skipping. He says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Father, I genuinely need you to give me the clarity and the revelation to share with this congregation what you have given to me. And I want you to do it in a way that it is so compact and so brief that it's memorable. So, Lord, I give you praise and glory. I submit myself as a vessel, and I believe for the manifestation of your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to discuss with you the frequency of agreement. The frequency of agreement. This is, uh, I'm going to say some things today that may be a tad bit controversial. Now, for my standard, it isn't. But for those of you that have never heard me before, yeah. Um, the other day, God Grace, my ministry, there's a couple of videos that I've put up that have done pretty well. The one did really well the other day where people were seeing it all over the world. And the statement behind the video was, wow, he's so transparent. I can't believe he's being so transparent. And the members of my church were like, he's just being normal. He's just talking like he always talks. Because um, for the most part, this position of preaching is not one that I asked for. And it is certainly one that I am not deserving of. I recognize and realize the challenge of demonstrating a high level of integrity amidst the desires of the flesh. I recognize and realize that regardless of how spiritual we are, there is always a war within this flesh. And there is a level of isolation that the adversary wants to present to you as a human being to make you feel that you're crazy just because you love God, but you still have desires that are opposed to God. When that truly is just the nature of humanity. The beautiful thing is God gives us his spirit to help us walk in self-control. Because temperance is a fruit of the spirit, which means that I still want it, I just don't do it. And and it's very challenging because we grew up in a time frame, those of us that are a little older, we grew up in a time frame where we masked everything. We made an effort to demonstrate and live a life that seemed to be one of perfection, but behind closed doors, we were dealing with massive amounts of flesh contamination. You had pastors who were men of, quote unquote, God, who were very judgmental and harsh toward their congregations. But when they died, two families showed up to the funeral because they were not able to be honest about the reality of their walk, which is completely anti-Bible because the Bible is very clear to us that the greater majority of the characters that we admire were individuals who had severe struggles, severe struggles. 
So much so that those who we consider to be our greatest worshipers were murderers. Those that we consider to be our greatest penmen were men who had people executed. Those who we consider to be of great strength were alcoholics. You got the wrong Bible. I'm, I'm trying to help you. We had, we had those who sat on thrones and were called men of God, but they were terrible fathers. Horrible fathers who watched a son rape a daughter, did nothing about it. They were horrible fathers. We had those in scripture who walked with Jesus, but would cuss you out and still got a book. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. So my question is, if these people who are imperfect are still notable to be mentioned in eternal scripture, then what makes you so splendid that you're absent of issue and struggle? You're not. You just don't tell anybody about it. And that's fine. I don't want you to go around telling your business, but there is a standard that is created. But the adversary that you can't live up to, the adversary wants you to feel isolated in your issue. He wants you to feel an island to yourself. And let me, let me tell you, I know many of you think I'm just rambling. I promise you, I'm never rambling. I'm going somewhere. So if you feel isolated to yourself, then you really begin to assume that what you're dealing with is unique. You start to feel like what I'm dealing with is unique. Nobody else is dealing with this. And that is where this amazing culture comes in because where this is good. Where you are right now is a room full of people who got issues just like you do, including the pastor. Now y'all quiet. Now how we handle these issues may not be synonymous, but there are still issues among us all. You can be as Holy Ghost filled as you want to. Something will push a button that makes you forget to speak in tongues and want to say some different four-letter words than love, good, Mark, John. You don't want to say none of that. regardless because we deal with the self isolation though is the result of self-condemnation where I now feel like God how could you possibly use me because of how flawed I am but wait God never created the criteria in the earth that men live by as pertaining to who should be used It is religion that has created the criteria of who should be used. It is religion that decided that women should not wear pants in church. It is religion that decided that women and men shouldn't wear hats. I always thought that was funny because men can't wear hats, but women can wear wigs. Now, I'm not mad at no wig in here because I personally feel like some of you ladies are one wig away from your husband. You just keep picking the wrong wig. <laughs> you got to get to. Look at your neighbor and say, religion created 
a standard that's not godly. And so what has happened in the effort to create standards that are unattainable, and I'm, I'm going to go somewhere, people became afraid of the very place they should have wanted to be in, the church. They became ashamed to attend places because they felt like, man, I keep messing up, so now I know that God is not with me because my pastor told me that if I mess up, he's going to stand me in front of the church and tell everybody what I did. Now, this is not a lot of you that are newer. You know nothing about it. Be thankful. But do I have any deodorant wearing old school that'll put your hand up high that knows about somebody being sat down? There is no scripture that says sit people down because they make mistakes. Oh, no, 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 no. I understand there are those that are excommunicated for other things. But when it comes to issue, the Bible says if your brother is overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, sit him down restore them in the spirit of meekness that means i'm covering you the bible says confess your faults one to another which means that everybody got something that you might open the space for healing and so there is a season that has come now where these amazing movements are rising up full of young and vibrant people but also those who are of age that are tired of tradition and religion that stagnates their growth in God and they come into these buildings that are not watch this this is a beautiful little sanctuary y'all got here but there are others that have cathedrals that see thousands and there's 20 people in there Because they really thought that if I spend $20 million on an edifice, the people will come. If you build it, they will come. That is a movie, not a scripture. So they insult the Dumas family and say, oh, they got that little church over there. They ain't doing nothing. But this building is packed. Because people are exhausted with the religious idea that perfection is necessary for progression. So the enemy wants you isolated to feel like, man, nobody understands me. Nobody loves me. But God wants you to find agreement. And in order for you to find agreement, you must find like-minded people who are on the same frequency. Now, if you understand anything about frequency and you understand anything about wavelengths, it's very clear that there are some people who are not, this sounds so arrogant, but if you know I'm telling the truth, just say amen. There are some people who are just not on your level. It's just not on your level. It doesn't, it, it isn't, it's not me diminishing who they are or their value toward God, but they're just not on your level. When you have a conversation with them, it's off. You can sense it. Have you ever, ladies, had a conversation with a man who claimed he liked you, and when you were talking, you noticed it was a struggle during the conversation? It's like I'm trying to force this thing. Fellas, you understand the same thing when you're trying to dialogue about dreams and et cetera, and it's forced. And it's almost as if 30 minutes talking to them feels like three hours of being drained. It's because you're not on the same level. You're not on the same frequency. Have you ever been around a person that when they walk in the room, everybody's like, oh, my God, here they come. Because there's just an energy that they have that sucks all the life out of the room. Mm. 
not on the same level. Those are the ones that you can't come into agreement with. But here's where we're going with this agreement frequency piece because you're going to see what I'm saying after it's all said and done. We have a problem in the earth because of our isolated religious state where the adversary has used religion to make people think that because you are not perfect, you do not belong or the church is not for you or worship is not for you. Because we live in a social media era that is very much focused on my own persona and my own brand and who I am. Like me, love me, talk to me, comment me. And it's cool. Social media is good. But it has created this isolated, competitive mindset that I don't need nobody. You got people who have so much resent and bitterness in their heart spewing it via social media. And it looks like advice when it's really just poison online. Because we're speaking, and I'm, I'm telling you, because when I went through my divorce, I, th- I called myself just helping people. I'm like, Negro, help yourself. You need to get yourself together. But, but we hide behind our issue, and we look for someone to give us some sort of unneeded affirmation in our time of dysfunction. And so we have this isolated mindset that it's all about me. And then people write posts and say, I want to just send this out to all my haters. You got three followers. I don't think that you have a whole lot of haters. And I think there comes a season, thank you, Lord, that you become mature and you stop trying to prove haters wrong, but you prove supporters right. Thank you, Lord. You change, you shift and you say, I'm not an island to myself. I can't do this by myself. I can't walk this out by myself. I have a a family member. He's always boasting. I ain't never getting married. I don't need no wife. I'm good. And he ain't got no money. He don't have his stuff together. He can't gather himself because little does he know when he was born, God engineered him to maximize who he was with the assistance of another human being. But the adversary has talked him into believing that he can do it by himself because this is what we believe. We believe as As long as I am financially capable, then I can live independent. But I found something out. You can pay all the bills, have all the money, and still be alone. And still have some area of insufficiency in your life that requires interaction and relationship. But because we don't understand frequency and agreement, we bring the wrong people into our space. They taint our perception of relationship. They taint our perception of friendship. They taint our perception of marriage. And because of what we experience, we call that the experience when the truth is it's a experience and the wrong one. But in order for you to be all that God has called you to be, you need somebody. I'm not saying everybody's going to get married. I'm not going to say you need 30 friends because the more friends you got, the more stressful your life is. You just need a solid few. But you cannot accomplish all that God has set in front of you without some agreement. I need you to look at your neighbor and say, you need somebody. This will all make real good sense in just a moment. Uh, As we look in the Bible in the book of Genesis chapter number 2 and verse number 18. Now the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. God said, it is what? Not good for man to be alone. God said it is what? Not good for man to be alone. Prior to this, everything that God saw, he said, it is the first time we hear the Lord say something is not good is isolation. Individuality. He says him being by himself not good. Now wait for religious people. Everybody. Shh. 
Long as I got King Jesus, long as I got King Jesus, long, long, long as I got him, don't. That is the most bitter, angry, resentful song. Prove it, preacher. Prove it. Okay, I prove it. Adam didn't say it. God said it. Which meant that Adam had God and he was still alone. So God said to Adam, it is not good for you to be a... Y'all not. Now wait now. The scripture says, so God says, I'm going to make him a helper. But we have a major theological issue here. Because the Bible says that God makes Eve and all this great stuff happens. Boom, bam, bada, bang. They all make love. It's all good. Because consummation is through the making of the love. And so they made the love. And the scripture declares that there is a tree that they are told they should not eat from. All right? They're not supposed to eat from the tree. Now, Apostle Dumas, this is an issue. Because I don't know that I've necessarily been preaching it wrong. I've just been teaching it incomplete. Okay, first of all, Eve is always blamed. But we're going a little further. I know what y'all think I'm going. I'm not going there. Watch. She's always blamed. And it was kind of her fault because the Bible talks about it. But the Bible says she goes to the tree she shouldn't eat from. She eats the fruit, right? Now, this is what preachers have taught, that Adam ate the fruit. He was with her. And it says their eyes were open. So then many uh, chauvinist preachers said because man is the authoritative figure. So when he ate the fruit, their eyes were open. Wait for it. I want to argue that if Adam had eaten the fruit first, their eyes wouldn't have been open. How can you how can you argue that? In Genesis chapter number one, around verse 28, God says, let us make man in our image. Male and female, and let us give them dominion. The issue is, in chapter 1, God says, let us make man, and gives man dominion. But he doesn't actually make man until chapter 2. So wait, in Genesis 1, he gives power and governing authority to male and female. But then in chapter 2, he forms the man from the dust of the ground. Y'all got to understand the nature of God. He says to his prophet, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Y'all got to get this. Because the creative process does not start with the physical manifestation. With God, the creative process is established once he thinks on a thing. He said, let us make man in our image and we shall give them government dominion authority, male and female. You got to get this in the invisible realm. God saw a thing, said a thing, and it was the same way you say, I'm going to make a cake. Let us make a strawberry cake. It becomes a strawberry cake. Y'all got to get this. The moment you decide you're going to make it. If you know how to make it. Ooh, I wish I had a church today. 
Now, all I have to do is walk out what's already created because the creative process didn't take place in the natural. It took place in the spirit. So when God says, wait, wait for it, I give them dominion. It means in that very moment, man and woman must be in agreement for something to be established. So when we get to Adam and Eve manifesting what God has already spoken, the fruit does not become effective until the two of them agree in dining on it. Which meant when Eve ate it, nothing happened because Adam hadn't eaten it yet, which means they hadn't come into agreement yet. But the minute that Adam ate it, the reason why sin was released was because the man and the woman who had governing authority came into a... A lot of y'all's lives are not messed up yet, but if you keep messing with the wrong person, you're going to come into agreement with somebody that's going to release something... But the same way it works in the negative, it works in the positive. (laughs) A thing cannot even be established in the prophetic unless there be agreement amongst witnesses. Because the entire earth's functionality is predicated on agreement. Even the demonic realm understands the power of agreement. Don't get it twisted. Satan brings chaos in your house through a structured system. Yeah, yeah. Goliath, Goliath. Goliath is going to fight David. I read something in in a passage when I was studying David and Goliath, and I saw something that was so interesting. It says in, in 1 Samuel that Goliath was on his way to battle, and it says his armor bearer was carrying his shield. This is the most powerful Philistine to date, strong as ever, getting ready to fight against the Israelites. And nobody ever gives credit to the necessity of an armor bearer. As strong as he was carrying his sword and his weaver's beam, he still needed somebody to carry his shield. The adversary knew I can't win without help. not enough you all read the story of Daniel he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and the Bible says that Gabriel came and the Bible declares that Gabriel told him he said to him that your prayers have been hindered and all of y'all said this by the devil but that's not what it says it says his prayers were hindered pay attention by the prince of Persia Persia is not in the heavens Persia is in the earth The prince is the principality. The Persia is the place on the planet, which means even the devil cannot hinder without something in the earth to assist him. He could not stop his prayer just in the heavens. He needed an earthly nation and kingdom to assist him in his plan because the devil knows without agreement. Still not enough. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter number four, I think it's like verse six. Satan's talking to Jesus. He says, fall down and worship me. And uh, Jesus says, why would I do that? He said, fall down and worship me because I'm going somewhere. The kingdoms of this earth have been given to me. And I'll give them to you. Wait for it. I read in Genesis chapter number one that God gave the earth to man. 
And then I read it in the book of Psalms where it declares the heavens, even the heavens belong to God, but the earth has he given to the children of men. It never says that Satan owned the earth. So then how does Satan have the authority to tell Jesus, I'll give you the kingdoms of this earth? He said, for they have been given to me. If God didn't give him the kingdom, who gave it to him? We gave it to him. The moment we decided that agreement was not necessary, we could do everything by ourselves and we can live our own religious lives and ideas. Now Satan has authority that is not even his. But Jesus came to give us the authority back, which is why he told the devil, I will not bow down because I'm bringing a government on my shoulders to set things back in place so that when they say I'm healed, they're healed. When I say they're delivered, they're delivered. And it's all predicated on agreement because if two or three are agreed, are gathered together in my name I am in the midst you don't need to be praying by yourself worshiping by yourself you need to find somebody on your road that's got faith like you got faith and say in the name of Jesus cancer get out of here diabetes get out of here All right. Frequency of agreement. If my wavelength is not like your wavelength and we're not on the same wavelength, then we cannot be in agreement. And if we cannot be in agreement, even if we're both good people, we're bad for each other. Two good people can make one bad relationship if they're not on the same wavelength. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta get it. I'm about to say something really crazy. David was a hoe. Wait, 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 wait. Solomon was a hoe. But only one of them got in trouble for being a hoe. Because, you know, what David and Bathsheba, no, 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 no. David was way bigger whorish than that. Solomon got in trouble. Oh, boy. Let me hide behind these tires. Okay. Solomon had a whole bunch of concubines, like 300 or something like that. You know, like six, 700 wives. Whew. David, the Bible says, had a bunch of wives, but nobody reads the scripture that says, and David had countless children by concubines. So then you have David with this issue, you have Solomon with this issue, but the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. But then the Bible says that God was displeased with Solomon. You're not paying attention to the text. They both have the same issue, but not the same craving. Because the scripture says Solomon likes strange women. Y'all, this is really, really crazy what I'm about to say to y'all. David couldn't stop knocking him off, but he made sure they served the same God as him. (laughs) David was like, you serve my God? Yeah, well, let's have an issue together. Solomon was like, I don't care who you serve. 
back that thing. He didn't care. So watch this. Wait for it. I'm about to tell y'all. I'm about to tell y'all. God told his children, do not intermingle with women or men that serve other gods because they will make you serve their gods. <laughs> David was so focused on agreement that even in his sin, He was like, when we get done, at least we can repent together. Father, we both come here humbly as we know how. Solomon was by himself repenting. She's still naked to my word. What's the big deal? Amen. Dagon is okay. Look at all the people about to go home and like, this is heresy. Go read it. God wasn't pleased. But the point being is this, that there is a measure, thank you, Lord, of agreement when pertaining to your purpose and your destiny. I need to be around people, and I say all that for fun, but I need to be around people that are on the same page as me. What am I saying to you? The Lord sent me here from South Bend to let you all know that this church in this next season must be on the same frequency. This is going to really, really mess some of y'all up. There are only two areas where you need to get this. There's only two frequencies. The frequency of agreement or the frequency of compliance. Now, now I'm prophesying. I got all here for this. You will either say, I'm in agreement with you, pastor. I'm in agreement with you, apostle. Or you will say, I comply. Meaning that even if I don't agree, I comply. Wait for it. Because God's not passing out multiple visions. Let's, let's, Let's go there. God's not passing out multiple visions. A lot of y'all, I hear the Lord. That's great. But the Lord is going to give the vision to the apostolic authority. Wait for it. Now, that doesn't negate that they will need advice. This is the problem. We don't understand the necessity of advisors to the vision. We think we're supposed to bring a whole nother vision. And of course, that causes division. But if the Lord has given vision in order for it to manifest, it takes agreement and compliance, which means that everybody won't agree, but everybody can comply. Because if you really believe this is where you're supposed to be at, this is where we get all this whole my season is up. Your season is up. Your agreement is up. My season, your season ain't up. It's your agreement that's the issue. The moment they do something you don't agree with, now you blaming a season and not your pride. <sighs> Marriages are failing because of disagreement. Agreement is so important, but agreement on top of compliance, because there are some things you do even if you don't agree with it, as long as it does not compromise biblical morality. Your, your husband wants to watch football. You think it's the stupidest sport on the planet. And all he asked was, babe, can you just sit here and watch the game with me? I don't want to watch no football. Be single. 
Y'all not talking, but I'm going to talk. She wants you to grow a beard. It's too hard to manage that. You out here looking like a chimpanzee. And she knows with a beard, you'll look normal. I ain't growing no beard. I'm a man. And now she at work and that big full beard boss walked by talking about, hey, how you doing? Now, if you can't grow a beard, I'm not talking to you. Get your steam back up, brother. I'm talking to you. Watch this. You may not agree with what she wants as your wife, but you comply because that's the only woman's opinion that should matter. I don't know why she don't want me because you look like Bruce Lee without your beard now let's talk let's talk this is where marriages go wrong you bought a wig you look like Fozzie Bear with that wig on he wants you to look like Mary J y'all ain't saying I'm trying to help you stay married you can be Beyonce on Thursday But we don't agree. I don't agree. Disagreement is inevitable. Arguing is a choice. There comes a point where you have to say, I don't agree with that, but I comply. When the prophet of God, because y'all got a real prophet. I'm going to speak this thing. When he releases the word of the Lord over the house, he's looking for two frequencies. Agreement and compliance. Saying, man, I don't understand what he's saying, but I trust that he's a man of God. I trust that she's a woman of God. I comply. And the results, thank you, Lord, make the word of God undeniable. When they say to y'all, we're going to do X, Y, Z, and y'all like, I don't know how that's going to work. And then when you see it, you're like, dog, have they steered you wrong thus far? So if that being the case, even when I don't agree, I comply. This is what you must understand about the importance of compliance. You are not a real Christian until you disagree with God. You all look all the fake believers here. I always agree with God. Well, he ain't asked you for nothing yet then. Because you will go to God and say, wait a minute, God, I like her. And God says, she ain't the one. I don't agree. Wait a minute, God, I want that job. That ain't the one. I don't agree. But what I've learned to do is comply. Has anybody ever had to walk away from something you wanted? Okay, look around. So it's not always about agreement. Sometimes it's compliance. All right, now I'm closing. Play softly. Have your seat. 